Welcome everybody to my podcast, Big Little Small Talk. I'm Megan O'Hara-Sullivan and I love to talk, but I also love to listen. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to Big Little Small Talk. We're here today with me, Megan O'Hara-Sullivan. We've been out walking this morning. I don't know whether some of you know, but I'm doing the climb to base camp. And the reason I'm doing it is because we're raising money for Momentum Health, which is a mental health facility on Russell Street. And I've been out walking with some of the crew that's coming with me. And I've got the chair of Momentum Health board. His name's Chris Black, and he's number one motivator. Welcome to Big Little Small Talk, Chris. Thank you, Megan. Chris, Tell us what you've been doing here this morning before I got here at 6am. Yeah, so uh, we got here at 5 o'clock and we actually did a running loop of Mount Peel. So it just just basically getting a few extra Ks into the legs. Uh, really excited to build some strength up and uh, looking forward to Everest Base Camp. How did this crazy scheme come about? Climbing to Everest Base Camp with 20 other Toowoomba people, raising money for Momentum Health. How did this percolate, tell me? Yeah, it was a, it was a couple of sliding door moments that uh, worked together uh, really well. Probably the first one was that it's been on my bucket list and I wanted to do it and I told my wife that I was going to do it this year and I probably made the decision and within a couple of weeks I circulated around to the couple of the Momentum guys uh, on the board and then I had a chance meeting with Paul Olds from the Heritage Bank Foundation and he actually did it three or four years ago with a different organisation taking a group up for charity and I was just intrigued at how he did it and from there, got introduced to Ben Southall from Best Life Adventures, and it all happened within a couple of weeks that my little solo mission had turned into a fundraising effort for Momentum Mental Health, uh, which obviously is a great mental health charity here in, in Toowoomba. But also, really importantly, it's about spreading a message to inspire others to change their lifestyle and do something proactive for their health. So it's turned into something that's bigger than just a walk, uh, which I'm really proud of. And we now have 18 confirmed trekkers, which is brilliant, and a big portion of those have significantly changed their their life and lifestyles uh, for the better and for that alone, it's it's very positive. So yeah, and it's it's something big. It's it's audacious. Um, it's something that's life changing. And I know I had to ask you a few times to get you across the line, but it's a serious commitment for people. And and we're very proud to have people trust us to get them up the hill, which is great. Tell me about these companies who do this. What is it? A best life adventures? Is it something that they do as a profession or a organization that raises money for? They they do other things like this? Yeah, that that they're just an adventure company so purely and simply they just take people on really cool adventures uh, around the world from Alaska to uh, Everest through India um, the Whitsundays they do really cool adventures around the world so typically they don't get involved with the fundraising or the charity side of it we basically just call it hired a whole slot for Ben for 20 people which then we're recruiting individuals to to go up the hill so Ben is simply the expert to take us up the mountain Uh, we're the experts in in the fundraising and and the mental health on the Darling Downs and again the people are just along for the journey of their own And, and those reasons uh, are very different for everybody, uh, from health to physical to, to mental to, um, you know, challenging themselves. So it's really exciting. I want to talk about the array of people that we have because it, it we've got people from you, who's the chairman of the board, to people who use the facility, and I think that's really fascinating and interesting. But just going back to the fundraising, so who set up the fundraising page and all of that? How did that get organised? Yeah, so... Uh, 
Wendy Green is our uh, marketing manager, our communications manager at Momentum Mental Health. Uh, so again, having some conversations with her and, and some guidance with Paul Olds. So each trekker, we're trying to raise $5,500 is the goal. Uh, and $5,500 represents $1 per meter climbed in elevation. So Everest Base Camp is 5,500 meters, actually going a little bit higher than that, but 5,500 is a, a really solid number. Times 20 trekkers is $100,000. And that $100,000 will provide a mental health coach for 12 months uh, and support a lot of different people in our community with their journeys wherever they are. So it's really meaningful. It's a hell of a lot of money to us. It's going to change the life of not just the trekkers, but also the people that we're going to help as a result of this fundraising. So it's extremely meaningful. Let's maybe talk a little bit more about Momentum Mental Health. How do you access it and do you need some sort of referral? What, what's unique about Momentum Mental Health? Yeah, we're, uh, we're a community-based organisation and traditionally the system in mental health in Australia, you, you have to have a diagnosis. And then once you've got a diagnosis, a lot of funding typically stems from that. And you can see psychologists and psychiatrists and counsellors and other organisations, but typically it starts with a diagnosis or referral from a doctor. We're no different in some ways, but we're extremely proud over the last couple of years we've moved away from treating people based on a diagnosis, which can sometimes come with a stigma, and basically welcoming and wanting to work with people that want to work on their mental health. And that can be anyone from a, a corporate lawyer to, you know, someone with, you know, some fairly severe and persistent mental health challenges. So it's a very wide array of people that we support and help. The challenge with helping people without a diagnosis, and we want to do this, um, is there's no funding. So we're really reliant on our philanthropic corporate partners, our sponsors, to fund those people who don't have any government or health funding uh, that flows through to us. So we believe it's the right thing to do for the community. We believe it's the right thing to do for the people. Um, and we firmly believe that working on your proactive mental health and building resilience and foundations uh, are really important when times get tough. So that's probably why we are very different. We're extremely proud to have footprints in Toowoomba, Warwick um, and now Chinchilla as well. So with unfortunately the recent bad news out there, we've, uh, we've been asked to have a representation uh, out there again, which we're extremely proud and able to do. So it's another community that we can assist and we want to do that more. If I'm a person sitting out listening to this and I think, yeah, I do, I like, get anxious a lot, I, I feel like I've got depression, I've tried to talk to my doctor about it, I don't know where to start, where do I start? There's probably a couple of ways, uh, do, some, do some checking online, uh, some great questionnaires that you can sort of help steer you in a, in a direction, but uh, ultimately if you do want some support, you walk into our office in Russell Street, 112 114 Russell Street, um, and ask to see one of the coaches and literally it can start from there. Uh, we'll take you on as a member, we'll give you some space, we'll do some, some group work and, and, and work with you on some of the ways that you would like to improve yourself um, but also have some, have some goals in mind that, and some, some checkpoints so that it's a tangible outcome for you, it's not just a, a hanging out space. So yeah, come and see us, pick up the phone, walk in and there's some friendly faces there that would love to help you. And if my condition is deteriorating and I need further help, what does Momentum do in terms of referral pathways? Yeah, so there's opportunities for us if things do escalate or you're in need of more professional or tailored services on a one-to-one -one ongoing basis through things like psychologists, psychiatrists, that we will triage and then refer out. So it's really important that, that we 
uh, understand, I suppose, where we fit in the mental health support cycle. Um, but really importantly, we're a great place to start uh, and we can support a lot of people in a lot of different ways, but there's also a hell of a lot of other avenues. Uh, sometimes they can be fairly complicated, but again, we're experts to help you point you in the right direction to get the support uh, and services that you need. So Chris, you're the chairman of the board. How long have you been in that role? Uh, nearly three years now. So it's it's been a, um, a big three years. We've, we're actually an organisation that started in 1996 called the Toowoomba Clubhouse. So I'm privileged to be able to be the custodian as chair for the last three years. And in that time, we've sort of changed our name away from the Toowoomba Clubhouse to Momentum Mental Health. We just felt like that was a better representation of the way that people should deal with their mental health um, and also the changing landscape as to uh, how many people now have mental health challenges and, and, and talk about it. So, uh, yeah, three years and, and we've got a great board that represents some fantastic people in the community and volunteers. Uh, we've got great staff um, and, and a lot of different members that were extremely proud and fortunate to help. And you'd been on the board prior to becoming the chair, I would imagine? No, I was, I was straight into the chair's role. So I had a few board positions in the past at different organisations. Uh, this was one that they asked me to go straight into the chair, which uh, was again a privilege to, to be able to help in that way. Tell me about why you took on this role, like mental health, you said, you know, it was always a bucket list thing for you to climb to Everest. Have you got sort of brushes with mental health? I don't mean to be a personal, but if you wanted to share that with us. Yeah, I've, I've probably had a few things in my life that pushed me in ways that weren't really expected. Uh, and, and probably a big one was August 2021, uh, having a, a lovely mountain bike ride down Jubilee Trails with uh, my two eldest sons and, and a couple of friends and had a, a really big accident. So from that, broke a lot of bones, sternum, ribs, um, punctured my lung and, and broke my shoulder and, and was immobile for a, a long time. And for someone that is extremely active uh, and looks after themselves, well, I think, fairly well and, and fairly fit and healthy, um, it was a real eye-opener to make me appreciate what I had and, and maybe didn't appreciate while I was healthy and fit. And sitting in a chair for three or four months was um, gave me time to reflect and sit in my own mind and, and made me focus on what's really important to me. And what was really important to me was my family, my health, and, and try to be a, uh, a role model for my three boys growing up as well. And probably that meant some, some changes in focus, uh, a little bit less focused on my career trajectory and you know the the wealth and material things that maybe we as a community um, sometimes put too high a priority on and from that point we really changed our lifestyle and, and focus and and I've been traveling around and we've lived in a caravan and, and traveled through South Australia and, and Victoria for four months last year and we've just got back from a month in in Tasmania uh, spending quality time with the family and showing the boys that there's a big wide world out there and, and putting them in situations and doing trek. And this Everest Base Camp Challenge is just a natural evolution of, of me trying to focus on doing things that are, are meaningful to me um, and really meaningful to, I think, the, the broader community and showing my boys that there's other ways to live. Well, I might just take you on as my second husband when I get rid of the one that I've got now. That's a lovely thing to hear, Chris. What sort of career are you in? Largely a volunteer career at the moment, to be honest, Megan. And that's something that uh, is very different for someone of 37 years of age to, to have and, and there's a lot of ex expectation from others to, to do the normal nine to five thing and have a job and, and provide for the family in the traditional way and, and that's not something that I want to go back to at the moment uh, with, with what we're doing. So I volunteer as, as the chairman for Momentum Mental Health. Um, I'm also the vice 
president of the Toowoomba Chamber of Commerce as well, which is a great organisation. I head up the Darling Downs Angel Investment Group as well, so we're trying to bring early stage capital to the Darling Downs region and bring investment opportunities and businesses to Toowoomba as well. So that's really exciting and it's in its early stages, but it's a fantastic opportunity to, to bring a brand new industry to Toowoomba. So I'm very passionate about that, but it doesn't pay me any money. Outside of that, uh, just do a few projects and a little bit of consulting that comes in from time to time and some mentoring with a few different people. So uh, I'm not a, I don't know what I am, uh, but I'm a bit of an all-rounder, I suppose. And, and full-time dad and, and coach to the boys' cricket team and the rugby team and all those things are really important to me. So you are a trained lawyer, though. Is that right? No, not a lawyer. Don't, uh, <laughs> don't tell me with that brush. Um, I'm a financial advisor by trade. So uh, we had an investment management business uh, and a financial advice business that, uh, again, I was extremely fortunate to be acquired by an American company three or four years ago. So that's probably given me a bit of freedom and flexibility that maybe, um, yeah, I'm very fortunate to have. That's why the hair is growing long then. No more um, nine to five short back and sides. Now I know the answer. Can I just ask you, how is your wife, um, is she's working full time, I imagine? Yeah, my wife's actually a clinical psychologist. So again, the mental health side of things, uh, she's rounding me and educating me as we go with, uh, with my roles um, in this space. So she's extremely supportive of obviously everything I'm doing and, and, and the proactive space. She has her own little business as well. So she, she does uh, her clinical psychology work as well as uh, kinesiology, breath work and a lot of more holistic healing as well. So I'm, I'm a little bit more alternate now than what I was as a corporate junkie. Um, and and that's, that's been a great thing for me to grow and learn. Um, and that's something that I encourage everyone to do is to grow and learn and, and, and push themselves into different things and, and make themselves uncomfortable, which is a great way to grow. Yeah. Well, just quickly while, while I'm jumping around here, Talk to me about some of the other people. Um, I know Alison is a client of Momentum Health and Health, Mental Health, and I know that she um, is quite open about her journey. Talk to me about some of the other people who are coming on the trek. Yeah, we've, we've got a great diverse bunch, uh, really committed. And um, so we've got everyone, anyone from you know, people in their early 20s right through to maybe their 60s. All walks of life, um, consultants, ex-armies, um, yourself as the counsellor, HR people, community business leaders, engineers, a couple of engineers who love their spreadsheets. So it's a really diverse, eclectic group that's coming together really well, a registered nurse. So yeah, we're very fortunate to, to have a lot of people that are at different stages in life, but uh, I think that's a brilliant thing. It's not just, you know stereotypical 50-year-old males that, that are going to go on this journey with us. And if someone wanted to donate to the cause, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, uh, we'd absolutely love your support. So if you go to the Momentum Mental Health website, if you just Google that, um, and then you'll find the Everest Base Camp Challenge through there. You'll find the list of our 18 trekkers that we've got um, and all of our trekkers would love your support. So if anything from a small donation to um, big corporate sponsorship, uh, it goes to a very great cause. And if you're a little bit more serious and want to join us, we've actually got two spots left. So it's absolutely not too late. Uh, it will be life-changing and uh, we'd love to have you up the hill. 
There you are, listeners. There's a challenge if I ever heard one. Now, Chris, we're going to finish off with my two favourite questions. The first one is, who is your favourite royal? Yeah, um, so you mentioned the longer hair at the moment from a, a typical short back and sides in corporate life. Um, I'm going to have to say Prince Harry. He's a bit of a rebel. Uh, he has done things his own way. He's probably got a lot of pressure on him and there's a lot of scrutiny with everything he does, but I just I just like how he operates. He's a bit of a rogue, so I'm a, I'm a Prince Harry man. <laughs> Good for you. And last question, what's the song that can't keep you off the dance floor? I can picture you as a dancing man. Yeah, I don't mind. You have to sort of stand back a little bit because I get a bit of a twister on. Um, oh, The Killers, Mr Brightside. I just something about that happy birthday Helen um, yeah I'm a bit of a 80s pub rock man so Roxanne K-San K-San absolutely so anything like that will, will get me uh, get me moving and once we're on altitude with a couple of beers under our belt Megan I'm sure you'll see that firsthand. Thank you so much Chris for sharing why you're doing the Everest Space Camp journey and for the work that you do in our community I think Toowoomba's got a lot to be thankful for thank you very much for being my guest on Big Little Small Talk Thank you Megan, appreciate it I'll just remind you that you're on Big Little Small Talk with me, Megan O'Hara-Sullivan, on Community Radio 102.7 FM. Now, I have my second trekker with me this morning, and it's Heather Roberts. She is like a dynamic rocket who runs up every hill and has to stand there and wait for the rest of us. She takes treks herself, um, and she's just about to move to Aramac, uh, so I wanted to catch her before she went, although she will be on the walk with us. Welcome to Big Little Small Talk, Heather. Thanks, Megan. Can we talk about your motivation for wanting to do Everest Base Camp? Well, good question. I guess my main reason for doing Everest Base Camp is because of the the fundraising behind it and the reason behind it was, was Momentum Mental Health and the work they do with people at the front end rather than the back end. And it's allowing people to be open enough and um, put their hand up and say, I need a hand, I wanna work on my mental health. It's something we, every single one of us needs to work a little bit more on. And I think adventuring is, for me, it's been a big part of that. Um, I was just talking to someone the other day. Um, when you go hiking or adventuring, you have to be present and you have to look after First of all, yourself and those around you, but not the rest of the world, not tomorrow's sandwiches, tomorrow's bills. You're actually just present and you, it's very rare that we get that opportunity and every opportunity to hike and adventure, yes, you're responsible for yourself and people around you, but you're actually present and our lifestyles don't allow that very often. Have you always been a really sporty person? Were you very sporty when you were younger? I was not. Um, probably just the average have a run around the netball court, but certainly not sporty at school. I was not one of the sporty jocks, far from it. I probably took up running after I had postnatal depression with my second child. And for me, that was getting out and pounding pavements um, and admitting that I didn't have it all together. That was really tough. Um, as a registered midwife and nurse, I found that really confronting. Um, but I didn't want to ever see that dark side again. So for me, I think that was probably where I first found 
the importance of looking after my mental health and for me that's the great outdoors and pushing self pushing myself within a limit I don't push other people I will read people know that they're capable of it and encourage them to just take that little next step and then watching them grow and that confidence within themselves when they reach that milestone that they've set be it a set of stairs a mountain it's about being there to support them on that journey and that's what I love you are that person you are that person going come on oh you did really well you here I've got a little spare tissue I've got a spare bit of nuts here I've got a spare drink is that your nursing side or your mothering side or just wanting to see people thrive good question um it's probably a bit of both I'm a people person I love being around people I love watching people grow within themselves um, and sometimes people need just a little hand up and just watching them tick. Yeah, I think it's a bit of everything. It's probably helped me in my nursing. As you said, I'm off to Aramac, so I don't know what I'm in for. So, uh, yeah, it's, someone might have to hand me a tissue. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was going to be there. No, I think you'll take on that community. It might just be a bit hot for the running. That's what I'm a bit worried about. Tell me about the postnatal depression. Did you have postnatal depression with your first baby? No, not at all. She was a breeze. Um, she was the reason I had a second. After the second, well, <laughs> rethought that. Uh, it hit me like a brick. Um, but what I did realise, or I have since, I was trying to be a perfectionist. I was trying to be the best wife, the best business owner, the best nurse, the best mother, have it all together. And I had a child that didn't sleep. God bless her, cotton socks, I do love her. But she tested my boundaries. And I, it was okay in hindsight, to not have it all together. Um, and it took me uh, a trip to Riverton, which now doesn't exist, um, and some professionals to say, it's actually okay. You're, you're not broken, you're just having a tough time, and it's actually okay to have a tough time. Um, but I'm a pretty proud, independent person. Some people call me stubborn. Um, but knowing when you're, when you're down, it's actually okay to put your hand up and that takes vulnerability and being vulnerable is really tough. So you've found that exercise is your way of keeping your mental health sort of in check and do you ever feel the black dog nipping at your heels now? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I certainly do. And when you're feeling really down, it's really hard to drag yourself out sometimes. But knowing when you get out there, the joy of watching a butterfly fly past or a dog whimpering as you can hear in the background and just appreciating life um, for me that's the outdoors and the beauty of it uh, and people around you and realizing there's people out there are probably doing a lot tougher than you but you're having a tough time and it's okay but learning I'm over that 5-0 mark but I still find it hard to show my vulnerability but I also find and that's probably why I'm doing momentum mental health as well being proud enough to say it is actually okay I do have some tough times and not every day's roses and that's okay but um, tomorrow is another day and opting out is a permanent solution to a temporary problem and I think that was probably one of the best advices that I've been given in life wipe that day clean start again tomorrow
Now this is, we're at Mount Peel and we've had a nice early morning start, but you're one of the ones who started even earlier at five and did an hour's running before we got here to amble up Mount Peel. The hike to heel scavenger hunt is on next weekend. Can you tell me a little bit about it? I will admit I don't know a lot about it. I'm leaving town as of tomorrow morning, so I've put that in that I won't be here, I don't need to know basket <laughs> my brain's a little full so i'm selecting but it will be in a great adventure out here and um and it'll be scavenging around mount peel it's a beautiful little environment and i've got a dog that's talking to me um yeah it'll be about finding little excuse me uh finding little items around mount peel so it's like a scavenger hunt but it'll be a lot of fun so i think people should get out here and it's and it's run um as a as you said before about being out in nature that you have a different focus you're listening to the birds in the background feeling the breeze on your face and when you're in nature then that does so much for your mental health yeah so the job in Aramac do we know what we're going for you're going out to be the director of nursing I am I'm going out to be the director of nursing at Aramac um, I'm job sharing as my children said like the moon and the sun they job share um, I will be working opposite shifts so it'll be sort of um, getting to meet the community um, and seeing what they need and what I can provide for them. Heather, what sort of work have you been doing here? I know you're heavily involved in the refugee and migrant community. I've got a varied background, my nursing. Um, I've worked in Western Queensland. I'm a midwife. I'm an immuniser. I'm a forensic nurse examiner for sexual assault services. Um, refugee and migrants. Probably um, I fell into, after years of emergency nursing, but they're the most amazing, resilient group of people I've ever met and they've got so much to teach us. Um, they've been forced out of their country for whatever reason. This is their new home um, and they can teach us a lot about humility um, and giving life a second chance. Um, they didn't choose to come here, they were forced. There go the grace of any of us tomorrow. Um, and that's just a gentle reminder how life can change very, very quickly. And I would hope that if I was in that situation, that someone would give me a hand up and a smile and show me what's local and how I survive in the community that I know nothing about. Another one of your roles, you did the needle exchange program. Talk to me about that. The needle syringe program, that's run through Kobe Place now out at Bailey Henderson Hospital. And that's a public health um, initiative of bloodborne viruses and keeping people safe so it's not promoting um, injecting or anything like that it's supporting those that have a habit um, and providing opportunistic health care to them and engaging with that community um, a lot of them are very intelligent functioning people that have a habit I like a wine I guess that's a habit I like running up a hill that's a habit People are human beings, but everyone has issues of different types um, and it's a need and it's supporting them um, and keeping them health and safe and, and well and their mental health as well, supporting them through that. If um, And that's where places like Momentum Mental Health are great because often people who um, may be in an addictive situation or um, not in the best health mental health space, they can drop in and give them the support they need and hopefully to make hopefully some better health choices. Um, not saying it's wrong or right, but it's 
where they are at the at the time and we need to meet people where they're at. Do you think that is one of your strengths, I would say, not knowing you very well, but I'd say it's your non-judgment as a person? Yeah, I'd like to think I'm a pretty open person. Um, I take people as they are where they're at. I try not to judge where they've been or why they're the way they are. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. It's understanding that story and supporting them through their need if they need it. If they don't, that's okay. Um, yeah, I'd like to think other people would do that for me. Um, yeah, I guess that's who I am. Tell me about some of the treks that you've taken other people on. I think you've done Kokoda, is that correct? I've done Kokoda quite a few times, uh, more than I care to think of. The last one was pretty special uh, with a gentleman called Al Forsyth who has unfortunately succumbed to the, the beast, we call it, um, of dementia. Um, so a lot of the adventures I do has an element of um, fundraising or giving back. Um, certainly Kokoda... For, Dement uh, for Al and the community. Uh, I've done ridden my bike to Birdsville, I've ridden my bike to Cairns, both for dementia research and the great work of Queensland Brain Institute. Um, this is for mental health. I've done across Simpson Desert twice, hiked the Simpson Desert, and that was for young care. Um, yeah. And some of it I've just done for and giggles. <laughs> I always believe you, you know, as long as you're upright and moving forward and have a laugh at when you fall down, that's what life's about. Yeah, you've got to laugh at yourself because if you take life too seriously, it'd be pretty miserable. Yeah. So you're getting more adventurous as you're getting older, do you think? Yeah, good question. Probably pushing myself a little bit out of my comfort zone a bit, but I like to say yes to opportunities that come up and work out how along the way. And if it if the ducks line up, it was meant to happen. If the key doesn't fit in, if the key fits in the door and the lock breaks, as we heard this morning, you don't buy that house. If the ducks don't line up for a certain trip, it wasn't meant to happen. But you say yes and the doors open or slide the right way, it happens. Now I've run out of time, as I always do. My question for you, Heather, about the royals. I'm not sure whether you are a royal watcher. Who would be your favorite royal? I am a bit of a royal watcher. I have two sisters that live in the UK who have um, Christmas treed with purple and silver last year for the Queen. She is sort of up there, but mine will be the Corgis. Uh, great Corgi supporter. Um, they've been through thick and thin with them all. They probably hear everything and they can't say a thing. So I like to be a bit of a Corgi supporter. Um, and you asked the other day about what music dance and I've been racking my brain about that and it'd have to be shaky tail feather with the blues brothers so as soon as that comes on the dance floor you're there yep shaky tail feather <laughs> <laughs> heather I, I love hearing your stories you're about a hundred times more active more adventurous more giving more caring than just about anyone i know but thankfully in the fabric of our community and unfortunately we're losing you for a little bit to aramac but um I look forward to doing the Everest Base Camp with you. I think your energy is fantastic. You're a wonderful person to be around and I thank you for being my guest on Big Little Small Talk. Oh, thank you, Megan. I feel very humbled by those words. Um, I just see me as Heather and love being around people and enjoying and listening to their stories. So thanks for the opportunity.
just remind the listeners that they're on 102.7 FM and we're on Big Little Small Talk. My third guest today is Shelley Burchett, who is a young, I think she's the youngest climber on our Everest Base Camp trip. And Shelley is all in. She has motivation, she has energy, she has joy. Uh, welcome to Big Little Small Talk, Shelley. Thank you, Megan. Thank you for having me. Shelley, what? You're a little pocket rocket. <laughs> you running up those hills, you're raising that money, you're full of energy and life. What's your motivation for wanting to do Everest Base Camp? Um, I think initially it was just the challenge. Uh, and then when I learned a little bit more about what the group wanted to do, and especially talking to Chris um, and everything that they wanted to do and the money they wanted to raise for Momentum Mental Health, that sort of pushed me over the edge very quickly. Um, and I often do things 100%. I say yes to things and work out how, how I'm going to do them later. And that was a little bit um, how this happened. And yeah, as soon as I knew it was for Momentum, I just went okay let's go let's do it and and do it you do so you might tell the listeners how you and I met Shelley oh easy okay that's great so um, Megan and I met when I was a teenager essentially and I used to babysit her um, five boys so I was about 15 16 um, and over my school holidays I used to look after the boys which was good fun (laughs) so that gives you an idea listeners of how much spark this girl's got she's a 15 year old girl she's looking after five boys and she did it with such a plomb and calmness that I think that Everest Base Camp is going to be a walk in the park for you tell me about some of your you're sitting here you're resplendent in sparkly white glasses with a pink (laughs) mullet tell me about how the mullet occurred um, the mullet occurred because my brother started it essentially. Uh, it was a fundraising idea that he kicked off and he said he'd give me some money and donate for the mullet. Uh, little did he know I probably would have done it for free. Uh, I like to cycle through haircuts uh, and in the end I ended up with yeah three and a half thousand dollars fundraised for the mullet. It's pink at the moment. I like the color pink but uh, I have been going through colors and hopefully it'll be a different color before we do the climb. When you think about yourself on the climb, Shelley, how are you picturing it? What are you picturing picturing every day? Um, On the climb, I'm just picturing a really great team of people and a lot of fun is how I like to think about it. I think it'll be a pretty tough slog, um, but the group of people that we're going with, uh, the ones that I've met so far, have just been really amazing. So I think it'll just be a really good time is how I'm picturing it yeah. yeah I think I'd have to agree I think it's the the fellowship and uh, we all share that sense of adventure do you have any sort of um, brush with mental health issues yourself yeah definitely um, I had uh, a little bit of a we'll call it a mental health break essentially a few years ago from work I just woke up one day and I uh, just couldn't get out of bed I couldn't I struggled to come to work I had three weeks off um, very lucky my employer is wonderful uh, and they gave me that time I sought some professional help which has been absolutely amazing and yeah so this was a really good opportunity to just extend I guess that um, resilience and working on that resilience um, and as my partner said you don't do anything by halves and one of your first big hikes is going to be to base camp so taking it as a challenge Um, at the same time and just yeah in a really good spot at the moment I think it's going to be awesome. What do you do to uh, work on your mental health is exercise part of it? Absolutely a massive part of it exercise try and stick um, and eat good healthy food spend time with friends and also I've learned to say 
no to things regardless of the fact I'm doing this I've learned to say no to other things and I know when I'm coming towards a busy period in my life I start yeah putting up some boundaries and making sure I'm sleeping properly and getting some rest and some time by myself definitely what is something now you're you're the front runner in your fundraising I know that you're right at the top of the list what are there some other ideas that you've got yeah great Uh, I've got a trivia night coming up which has been really good Um, I've been working on just approaching businesses um, to make some donations too I've got a lot of friends in the business community so I'm very lucky Um, the gym that I go to has suggested maybe we do a car wash while it's still warm which will be really good fun Uh, But yeah, it's been great just talking to people and telling them why we're doing it. And, you know, everybody really loves the cause and nearly everyone you talk to has had a brush with mental health or knows someone that has. So, Do you think that the stigma is getting worn down around mental health issues? I think we're doing a lot to break the stigma down. Um, I think the younger generation is definitely working hard and I think the older generation is starting to come to the party a lot too. Um, and I think the more we talk about it, the less stigmatised it gets. Would you say amongst your friends, you talk about the younger generation and you are the younger generation. I'm sadly to say I think I'm 30 years older more than than you. <laughs> um, and you've got 30 times more energy than I have. Would, just going back to the younger people, amongst your group of friends, speaking about mental health issues, is it something that you speak openly about and, and, and honestly? Yeah, definitely. I think it's just something that we... Um, you know we don't have any hesitation in saying hey I'm having a tough time or you know I I can't come to this because I'm completely worn out and I need a break or I need to talk to somebody about that I think um, it still takes the right headspace and you need to understand that people need to have the headspace to have those sorts of chats but I think yeah we're starting to make it a lot easier to talk to each other about it definitely Mm. what's the hardest thing for you guys is it accessing services or is it the money to access services what what are the barriers do you think um that's a really good question I think we have good access to services in the community that we live in I think people in regional areas still struggle and I have friends that are in regional areas that struggle to get access to good services I think COVID pushed it along a lot in the fact we're doing a lot of telehealth and a lot of appointments online has really helped but I think you know, that's, I don't know if they've done it, but talking about cutting the um, subsidised mental health um, access to a psychologist, I think that's a bit shitty, to be honest. Mm. So I think that people are going to struggle with the cost, mm. yeah. And I think that's what you're referring to there is the free visits that you can have with a psychologist as a referral plan through the GP, and I think it's been cut from 20 to 10. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, whether that's going to change, I'm not sure, but certainly that's made it more difficult and accessing a psychologist I think is the hard part and I think that's probably where Momentum Mental Health is picking up that slack. Yeah I tend to agree I know you know when you talk to um, I had a friend that talked to a GP and they said oh you need to ring now regardless um, and try and get in you might wait two to four weeks to get into a psychologist Mm -hmm. so uh, that's a long time and you need to talk to someone Mm -hmm. so I mean there's a lot of free services that are out there that do help prevent like pick up the slack you've got Momentum, TX, Lifeline all those sort of helplines which help in the interim. Yeah, and tell me about your career, Shelley. You we made reference to the fact that you've you're a young person with a lot of get up and go. Um, what what would what's the ultimate job for you? Do you think? Uh, well, I mean, I currently work as a marketing manager, which is a great mix of creativity, and I get to talk to people. So I really love my job, and I'm a wedding celebrant on the weekends. So I guess my uh, jobs essentially centre around talking to people. 
that's probably where I'm at at the moment, which is great. It's good mm. fun. When you do the Myers-Briggs, you're one of those people that are energised by people, I take it. Tell me about being a marriage celebrant. What's what's one of the sort of most unusual celebrations you've, celebrant, celebrations you've done? Yeah, um, I don't know. They're all very unique in their own. I think my favourite is I did one recently. We had a beautiful flower nan that came down the aisle instead of flower girls, which was good fun. Um, I, I think I just like to go, you know, they're good fun. They're parties. It's the most special, you know, day of people's lives. So, yeah. The flower nan, was yes. that someone's grandmother? Yeah, the flower nan came down the aisle. It was absolutely beautiful. I haven't done, I do get a lot of requests for weddings. I've got um, a Halloween one booked in, which will be very interesting. And yeah, I love how people want to make it their own. It's really special. What's the secret, do you think? Do you go and spend a lot of time with the bride and, not, I won't say bride and groom, because you might have two brides and two grooms. So um, what's getting to know those people and getting to the heart of them tell me about that uh yeah it's that's the best part is I actually get to learn all the little idiosyncrasies of their relationship and um craft a beautiful love story for their day which is one of my pa- favorite parts of doing it and yeah spending time with them and obviously social media helps connecting with them on social media and meeting with them and i've got some questionnaires they do and yeah just learning who they are as a couple i think mm. is really important yeah. Do they have any weird requests of you wearing purple or, you know, <laughs> rainbow or anything like that? Or um, No, look, I'm pretty lucky. I'm a pretty colourful person and I um, most couples just accept my colourfulness into the fold, I guess. But no, I just always try and stick with their dress code and don't look like a bridesmaid. I always ask what colour the bridesmaids are going to wear, so I don't look like I'm a bridesmaid. It's probably my number one rule. Yeah. That's a good, good rule to stick with. Don't look like a bridesmaid <laughs> or a flower nan. Okay, so that's what you're doing now ultimately where do you see yourself sort of in a few years time in 10 years time oh that's a really good question um I don't know continuing to do something I love I always say I'm multi-passioned so I never really know what's going to come next so I think as long as I'm just enjoying what I'm doing for work and in my spare time I'll be happy all about having fun and I don't think that's a bad philosophy and a few years ago I took that on myself that it's about having fun and it's not embarrassing to say that you want to have fun you want to have fun at your work and you want to have fun in your relationships yeah yeah Yeah, I tend to agree I think often we've got a lot of uh you know a lot of focus on the career ladder and you know the next step and once we get here we're going to do this or we're going to be happy but I think it's really nice just to sit and be happy and try and have fun where you are at the time Oh, she's a wise head in young shoulders (laughs) isn't she listeners all right Shelley we're running out of time um you're a young person. I'm not sure whether you'd have any time for the royals, but um, if I was to ask you who your favourite royal was, what would you say? Um, I would definitely go with Queen Elizabeth. I think she was just a steady staple in our lifetime and uh, many other um, people's lifetimes, and she provided a really just – she was a, an icon. Yeah. Well, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting one of the young ones, but all right. Now, I'm, I'd, I'd almost lay my life on it. I'd say you'd be a dancing fool. And if I was to put this song on the dance on the record turntable, mm-hmm. and what's the song that can't keep you off the dance floor? Um, I really love Sweet Caroline. That's the one that I always... <laughs> she's got a very shocked look on her face. <laughs> That's always the one that gets me on to the dance floor, and especially the chorus. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of that one. Belt that out. Well, I'm with you. I love that song. That's terrific. All right, Shelley, thank you so much for sharing your journey. And I know that we're going to spend a lot more time together and we'll um, we'll know each other back to front by the time we finish that Everest Base Camp. But it's really been a joy to hear 
your motivation and your brush with mental health and and your ability to control it so thank you for being my guest on big little small talk no worries thank you megan that's it for this week thanks for joining me on big little small talk i hope you can make the time to join me next week if you've enjoyed this episode please subscribe on your favorite podcast app